maybe you'll have to give us a little uh, info on what exactly bottled in bond means. Yeah, so how would you describe this bottle? Like a, a shouldered wine bottle shape? Elegant, the right word? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sexy. You recording? Dear listener, you're going to find out what we're talking about here in just a minute. First, how about a little bit of an intro? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Savor the Burn podcast. My name is Jonathan. Across the table from me is the interesting Mr. W2. <laughs> Thank you uh, once again for listening to us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, be sure to check us out on all socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, most especially, and we'll uh, get into that why uh, later, most especially. Uh, keep your emails coming. We're enjoying uh, the, the feedback that we're getting off of those. And uh, keep checking out savertheburn.com. But until then, uh, you're going to have to uh, give all that a little bit of a backseat because you're listening to the episode right now. And uh, this episode, <laughs> we're going to be talking about what, Mr. W2? The uh, last few episodes, we've been kind of taking a, a stroll down the uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery allocation lane, so to speak. Now we have kind of brought ourselves to the Colonel E.H. Taylor mm. small batch offering. And, uh, yeah, this one uh, I'm very, very excited about. Like we mentioned in the, a previous episode at Buffalo Trace, every morning between their special allocation offerings, Blanton's, Eagle Rare, mm-hmm. Weller, E.H. Taylor, those are all hard to find in mm-hmm. general. Because you know, they just make less of them. Yeah, especially over mm-hmm. on the other side of the, the country in Kansas City here. A lot of these just don't make their way over this way. We're lucky to get you know a couple Blantons that will pop up here and there, but mm-hmm. then they're gone before you have a chance to even start your car. I know a gas station in Blue Springs. It's on 7 Highway and... Uh... Well, that doesn't matter. It's on 7 Highway in Blue Springs. <laughs> and those dickheads have, uh, well, I mean, they're not dickheads. They're, they're just doing the secondary market thing. Yep. They have three bottles of that Blanton's, mm-hmm. and they want 200 each. They'll get it. They'll get it. Someone will pay if, it. If somebody knows it's there, now that my fucking big mouth talked about <laughs> it, they'll figure it out if, if they go. It's wild to me. Like, it'll be 68 at the distillery mm-hmm. or at the store if you can find somebody honest and willing to send it, sell it to you at the retail but secondary nope they'll take off with it but yeah like you said it, these get harder yeah. further away from the distillery i guess because they make less and mm-hmm. people just gobble them up quicker so so every morning they put one of their special allocations out on the shelf first come first serve mm-hmm. which causes a Fritzy. daily line to form hours before they open the doors and uh, when we were visiting the distillery, Weller was the allocated bourbon of the day. And so you may ask, well, then how in the world did you get your hands on this bottle, which is even harder to find than the Weller? Hmm. Well, the week before, my sister was up there for her birthday. Hmm. They were up there three different days. They landed a couple Blantons. They landed a couple Weller. They landed a couple E.H. Taylors, Hmm. and knowing that this is one that I was on the hunt for, she early birthday gifted me one of her 
two bottles that she picked up. She got two bottles. Wow, that's cool. And this one, if, if I remember correctly, she was telling me that when they grabbed the two off the shelf for them, there was one left. Hmm. So they were at the tail end of that line, and they definitely ran out that day. Wow. But the uh, the E.H. Taylor, I know that there is a small batch, which is what this is. There's also a single barrel version, and I think there is a cask strength version of it also. Hmm. Uh, so there are different uh, varieties, but even the small batch is super, super hard to find. I've never seen one in person until uh, she gifted this to me. I had never seen the actual bottle in person, and it comes in a cool uh, tube, and I'm excited to excited to get in and try this. Mm-hmm. Just to uh, jump in here a little bit, it says that uh, Taylor Bourbon was originally made by Colonel Edmund Haynes Taylor just after the Civil War. When he got out of the army and purchased the OFC distillery, mm. today the line of Taylor bourbons are owned by the Sazerac Company and distilled in their famous Buffalo Trace facility. But make no mistake, this is one of their premium brands, and they cut no corners. Colonel Edmund Haynes Taylor was one of the founding fathers of modern bourbon. So if you are going to name a product after the man, you better be prepared to stand up and represent. And this fine bourbon does not disappoint. At every point, this bourbon is made by hand, and each cask is heavily scrutinized. Only the best are selected to wear the Taylor badge. Now, what's kind of a fun fact that I did not know, my sister was telling me this, but In the state of Kentucky, the politicians have the power to, if they think you are a good person and you have contributed to the well-being of the community, they have the power and the ability to make you a colonel. Really? Colonel E.H. Taylor was not a military colonel. Oh, wow. After the Civil War and he started making bourbon, the politicians at the time said, you know what? You make a damn fine bourbon. You have done this community and our state a fine service. Hmm. We are going to make you a colonel. And he became a colonel. I just wonder how he got out of the (laughs) army and purchased a distillery. You know, that's a great question, too. (laughs) Like, if you know anybody enlisted, like the money they're making, it's not money. It's no. like money with a capital M. And I would think you would need money to, to yeah. buy a distillery. wonder if he had some family money. Maybe. But at any rate, he made some good bourbon, so. Mm-hmm. And people are still clamoring to get it today. Yep. Let's give this a little swirl in the glass and take a look at it here. It says here in your notes that it's, uh, what is it, warm maple? Mm-hmm. It looks like warm maple to me, like warm uh, 100% maple syrup, not yep. that... That trash you get like in a log cabin mm-hmm. jug. I like log cabin syrup, Mrs. Butterworth. I love them all. But yeah, the 100% maple syrup, that's where it's at. And this this kind of looks like that. You know, I learned on the, uh, the mistress tour that I did, they didn't go into any great detail about it. But I did learn that the characteristics of the legs that we talk about when yeah. we swirl this in the glass. Yeah. Each distillery has a very distinct leg pattern. Okay. And a really, really good whiskey connoisseur can tell you 
what brand this is by its legs. Really? I'm definitely not there. No, for sure not. But I don't... I mean, this has got a hundred legs around the around the whiskey glass. Yep. I like looking at the legs. I think it's yeah. a cool part of this tasting. I'm a fan of looking at legs. My I mean... Getaway sticks for <laughs> days. <laughs> the interesting thing with this is, this is a no-age statement bourbon. Hmm. So as we've kind of traveled through the uh, Buffalo Trace offerings, their flagship product, just Buffalo Trace, is an eight-year eight year. bourbon. Not that they marked it on the label. They didn't, yeah. No marking on the label, but it is a eight-year. Mm-hmm. Weller, again, no markings on the label, but it also is an eight-year bourbon. Mm-hmm. This one's a no-age statement bourbon, but when I researched it, I did find that it is thought to be, on average, a minimum of seven years. Okay. Which is still not bad. We've done one year. We've done two year yeah. bourbons before. So it definitely has uh, aged a lot more than some of them. Six to eight is the, the average sweet spot. Mm-hmm. But um, eight to what? Twelve, 12. Is, is like the magic spot. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and, not bad on the... I'm picking up... Like I, I haven't read the notes on purpose, but I'm getting like... People have said grass. Mm-hmm. And and we've been like, well, what the hell is that supposed to mean? But I'm getting like maybe grass notes, okay, um, a little, a little, little something sweet. It's not caramel sweet. It's not vanilla sweet. I get corn, corn, a little bit of corniness. <laughs> I keep trying to reset my <laughs> nose. This is also a a hundred proof. So we've we've bumped up the uh, maybe that's why it's it's giving me so much maybe hell in my nostrils here. You know when we did the Buffalo Trace and the Weller, both of those were ninety. This mm-hmm. one's a hundred, so we got mm-hmm. a little bit more of a kick to it. This is one that from the distillery is forty five. Flaviar is a hundred and thirty two, mm. and I've seen it up to two hundred when I when I two hundred when I popped this into Google and and started looking at what other who else has it. So when you saw online. this on the shelf for forty five, it was a no brainer. It goes in the basket. Well, it didn't go in my basket because it was a gift. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> There's a. It's not. It's not the sweet dessert caramel. I think this is more it's toffee. Like, it's like the the caramel you find on popcorn, like the popcorn balls. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of apple. Oh well, shit. Yeah, your nose here says uh, fresh a- popcorn, caramel apples, and pumpkin spice. I'm not again with the pumpkin spice. I'm not picking up the pumpkin spice no. on the nose. No, I don't. I picked up caramel like from popcorn balls, mm-hmm. which is weird. But like, and then you said apples, so maybe between the two of us, we got caramel yeah. apples. But it also says fresh popped corn. I'm not oh, picking okay. up on the fresh popcorn, but you picked up on corn. Yeah, weird. Hmm. Enough with this mystery, gang. Let's try it on the. Uh, cheers, sir. Cheers. Try it on the palate here. Mm. Oh, that's delightful. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, once once your your palate has time to adjust for the proof, mm-hmm. which I think on second sip here, wow, the finish on that. I love the finish on this. I mean, it, the finish is. Did still you there. try this with your sister? I tried a very small <laughs> sample of it with her. More than the thimble size. More than a thimble size, but it was also in a whole progression of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. The like, excited Ooh, try sister. this. Ooh, try this. Yeah. Hey, try this one. <laughs> like, give me a minute, wobbly head. I, I, I. <laughs> wow. That okay. So this hit me with so many different flavors. It was kind of hard to. Yeah. Kind of hard to lock down what any of them were. Mm-hmm. It's just it ran in there, punched you with about you know seven or eight different 
hits of wow and then the nose i mean and then uh, faded out pretty quick i'm still hung up on the nose on this are you picking up any grass i remember on the kennessee not on my own but maybe by suggestion i remember your your sister and uh her husband said something on the kennessee like they said something about grass i'm like that's Mm. absurd and then we brought it up when chandler was here but i'm kind of picking it up maybe that was what we used for the snake bite snake bite we used the she had a little bit of her Kennessee left, okay. and we finished the Kennessee off in when I mixed up a snake bite Maybe cocktail. That's where you messed up. You should have done that amaretto bourbon sour with that stuff. Maybe. <laughs> Remember that? That was the first fifteen I ever oh, had. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> on the palate, though, it's not it's not off putting, or no, on the I on mean, the it's... nose, it's not off putting. On the palate, it's like holy shit. Well, the nose doesn't have that just straight, overwhelming caramel vanilla flavor. The the popped corn, the yeah. the caramel apple, and again, yeah, the pumpkin spice. No, I, I'm not getting any pumpkin right. spice. But those combinations gives the nose a very unique, very pleasant but unique nose to it. And then when you take a swallow of it, like you said, you, you're 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 hit from a couple different directions. That hunter proof definitely shows through. Yeah. But it has that caramel apple gives away to a butterscotchy, which to me, butterscotch and caramel share a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. The difference between the two in my mind is butterscotch is where so it becomes a little bit more creamier. Uh-huh. And a little bit smoother. I was going to say it's more buttery. Yeah. But you said, I think you said it better when you said creamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then maybe a little bit of cinnamon on the palate. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting like warm or maybe toasted spice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a uh, a cinnamon toast kind of a yeah. flavor on it. Not not so much that it would be suggested for a breakfast whiskey. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this is... Man. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a little this, bit left here. This will make a fine cocktail. You drop this in a first frost. I bet. Mic drop. I bet. Yeah, I, I bet it would give the uh, the blackened a run for it. No, yeah, yeah. blackened a, a run for its money. It's the blackened kicked the the number nine reserves. Yeah, ass, and I thought and this, I thought number nine reserve was was going to take it, but yep. it did not. It didn't even take it in its own recipe. But this may take the blackened. Might be something you can check out. Actually, do you have the blackened? Yeah, it's did, just, it's just okay. upstairs. Okay, okay. I think I still got about a third of a bottle, maybe. Yeah. And this, again, is is another straight bourbon whiskey. And I know we've touched on it a little bit, and I, I'm, I'm not super knowledgeable about the ins and outs and what exactly it means, but this is one of their offerings that is bottled in bond. And I do know that a bottled in bond bourbon means that it is regulated by the government. I don't necessarily think that it... I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it still means something today, mm-hmm. but... More importantly, when that got established, it was back in prohibition time or post post prohibition times where before, you know, a distillery would just there was no regulation at all on it. And yeah. so you may get something that is 60 proof, mm-hmm. 70 proof, because the distiller is trying to capitalize and and maximize their profits on that. And so they're cutting it a little bit deeper than what they should. The bottled in bond 
effort was a way to regulate and certify Mm -hmm. that this is what the label says. And so, and actually, as we kind of talked about it, this bottle has a uh, paper label that goes up and over the, yeah, the, the cap. And it is bought, it says bottled in bond. It's got the little watermark on there, and then it's mm-hmm. hundred proof. So it is a certified one hundred proof bourbon. This is not going to be. It's not fussed with. It's not messed with. It is what it is. And and that's that's kind of why I, I I feel like today, whether it's the government regulating or whatever, I feel like that there's enough consumer information out there. You're not going to be able to pull a fast one on the consumer as a whole. I just wonder how important that bottled and bond is today, but I do think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, there's an element to it that to me takes the bottle to another level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody, if a distillery took it to the government and anybody that's ever done any work with government knows that there's a lot of hoops to jump through mm-hmm. and some of them are on fire like they they it's like a dog and pony show with some of the things that government wants you to do wants you to do so for a distillery to go through all that hassle just to get that <laughs> little paper strip that goes over the over the 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 actual cork stopper in the bottle not a not a screw top lid not a <laughs> right. you know, not a plastic lid. Well, whatever. And, and and look at that cork uh, on there. I mean, yeah, it's actual out, cork. Out of out of all the ones that we not that composite. Yeah, not only stuff. that though, but I mean, how many cork toppers have we seen that? To, to me, there's just there's something about the wood grain that you see in that cork that looks a little bit more premium mm-hmm. than a lot of other real cork stoppers. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. While we were there at uh, Buffalo Trace, I think I posted a picture of it. We ran across this little bitty building. And when I say building, it is a standalone building that's smaller than most bedrooms. So like somewhere it, between a... Like uh, it, it, it can't be much more than a 10 by 10 square foot. Okay. So bigger um, than an outhouse, probably smaller than your average gypsy wagon. Probably smaller than most like uh, garden shed. Garden shed, but it's a brick building. Mm-hmm. There's glass windows on three of the sides mm-hmm. with steel iron bars. Crypt. There's a big old plaque on the top of it that says Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve bonded treasury or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a single barrel inside of it. And November, I'm blanking on the day, but November 2022, this past uh, winter, Buffalo Trace, they put, they barreled their eight millionth barrel of whiskey. Oh, wow. And that's a lot of whiskey. They have certified that barrel as a bonded barrel of whiskey. That has got to be some really, really high dollar stuff when they finally pull that out and put it in bottles. I think Tom Cruise via. Ethan, whatever his name is, from Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mission Impossible, or maybe Nicolas Cage. They could figure out a way to find out if there's whiskey in that barrel. Dun, 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 dun. Uh-huh. We'll get, get Nicolas Cage to get all... And Limp Biscuit will give us a national, soundtrack. <laughs> national treasure on that shit. Chill! <laughs> Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm just completely derailing your story. Derailed? No, I'm just 
pontificating. <laughs> I bet they could figure out whether there's whiskey in there or not, and or get it for us. Stone block walls, bars on the windows, and all. <laughs> High tech surveillance. You get Tom Cruise to drop in through the roof. There's a new Mission Impossible coming out soon. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, is that the one where he's climbing around on the fighter jet wing or something? Something like that. He's 61 years old, but, and, he, and he did all of his own stunts. He does all his own stunts. Like, as much of a <laughs> fucking weirdo, Scientologist, fucking crazy freak, uh, maybe maybe even a little douchebag, he is. Maybe he's earned that damn right. Because, mm-hmm. like, if he's doing all his stunts, like, you've seen those stunts. I remember Mission Impossible 2 when that came out. He was jumping from one cliff to another with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like... How do you how do you do that? That's not trick photography. And then you hear he does his his own stunts. Like he actually did that mm-hmm. on those cliffs, miles above anything with no safety net. Like there's zero percent chance I would do any of that ever. But he's out there doing it. He's probably just showing off <laughs> because he can. Man. So uh, we didn't get to the finish. It oh, says man. here in your notes, medium length with notes of vanilla and creme brulee. Actually, now that I read the yep. notes, my I notes agree. on it, my notes, your notes say medium length. Mine said long, long, warm finish, sweet, creamy, developed. Yep. I felt like the finish on this was a little longer than medium. Yeah. Which I loved. There, there were so many great flavors in there that it needed time to f- kind of crescendo and and have its finale and yeah i I think the creaminess of the the butterscotch gives way to a vanilla on the on the palate yeah uh you know yeah from the palate to the finish gives way to that i don't know if i would have said creme brulee but now that i've read that uh, there's definitely a vanilla element to it and yeah i kind of agree with that to me a creme brulee is about a little bit of a burnt sugar caramelizing element to me i think notes of vanilla creme brulee sums it up i love the packaging on this one too you you love it i do i do there there's just a simple elegance about it that i like the the yellow uh with red pinstriping kind of uh and lettering and the hand signed element to it really kind of makes it feel like you get a personal connection with it. And mm-hmm. it's just, to me, it's very sophisticated. You have a uh, an old school, uh, like a, a lithography style portrait of our Colonel Taylor on one side. And you have one of their, the original distillery on the other side. And it's just a very, it's just, it's just a very classy approach to it. You know, it's, it's not showy. So many other labels have cool pictures or and not taking away anything from the buffalo trace but mm-hmm. you know they've got you know the torn label uh kind of a element to it and you know in the buffalo rendering you know a, a draw drawing of a of a buffalo on that mm-hmm. this is just very straightforward and very just very classy with Got nice name, ty- got typography and and the signature maybe a couple black and white photos yeah in in a manner that kind of looks like it's kind of just hand stamped mhm mhm so this this to me feels like a bottle that was crafted start to finish by hand not mass produced yeah that makes sense yeah so all that said 
with bottle presentation, sounds like you probably marked it pretty high. I gave it a four and a half. I'll be damned. So did I. <laughs> and, I mean... That was the first thing I actually... That was actually really? the first thing that, that I rated was a bottle presentation. You know, and not that it... Not that it makes makes it taste any better or that, mm-hmm. but this is also one that comes in its own custom tube. Right, I didn't even think about that. Um, and so, just from a just again, because we're talking about the presentation of this, this is to me this is above and beyond bottle presentation. When you've got the tube, and it's not just a plain tube. You know, I've, mm-hmm. some of them are just very simple. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I love a simple design, mm-hmm. but the tube and the the hand stamped kind of feel of it, the same shape of the the vertical label with the two uh, kind of cross designs, you know, with the the portrait on one side. Yeah, and it's almost like they put the bottle label. It's the same. It's the same the label. And actually, it is. It's not printed on the tube. It is actually yeah. a label that's actually stuck to the tube. It takes it to yet another level. And so it, it is just a great, great presentation. Even the top uh, cap of the tube is stamped with the logo. Yeah, first and only. Any idea yeah. what that's about? Father of Bourbon. Fa- I mean, oh, okay. I mean, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so every every reason that you pointed out as far as the, the bottle goes... It's simple. It's you know elegant, for lack of a better term. Um, I like the uh, the paper government strip that they put on there. I'm a fan of the cork, the natural cork. I like the the shape of the bottle. It reminds me of the the High West uh, double rye that we Very got. Very much, yeah. Only this is clear. It doesn't have any bubbles in the mm-hmm, glass. Mm-hmm. But um, it's um, and and it's taller than that yeah, one. It's tall. Yeah, right. It's which taller. I only know that because I try to put it in my cabinet <laughs> and. The High West it fits. bottle, it not only fits, but it's, it's a perfect kickstand to help make my top shelf level instead of bow. Oh, sh- <laughs> so, so I keep a High West in, in the center, mm-hmm. uh, lower shelf. This won't fit because it's about an inch taller. Hmm. So, it, <laughs> so it has to stay on the bar top. On the bar top for everyone to see. Yep. It's like, nope, you will look at me whether you want to or not. Uh, I like the color. I, I like the uh, the light shoulder with the with a with a fine taper to it, kind of like a wine mm-hmm. bottle. Only it's just you know slight taper down at the bottom. I like I like the shape of the I like the damn shape of the bottle. W two. I just like it. It's so a good that, that's why I ended up giving it a four and a half. Excellent. So jumping up to the top, the nose, the first mm-hmm. impression. Um, I gave that a three and a half. Okay. It said uh, fresh popcorn, and 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 the the paper in the notes here it says um, fresh popcorn, caramel apples, and pumpkin spice. I didn't pick up on any pumpkin spice. Uh, I thought maybe what was it, uh, popcorn ball with mm-hmm. the caramel on the outside of it. Maybe some of that going on. But um, you mentioned apples, maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, so after going back and reading what your notes said here, fresh popcorn. And caramel apples, it's like all that stuff came together, but it was kind of piecemeal. Yeah. It, it got split up somehow with our unsophisticated palates, and <laughs> it, it kind of came apart. But it was there, except for the pumpkin spice. Some of the, some of the spices in pumpkin spice are like nutmeg, mm-hmm. which maybe we picked up on, especially on the on the palate, which would be the next part. 
but that's where I was with the nose anyway. It is a little bit higher than average. It's like one one full point above average mm-hmm. on the nose. I was at four and a quarter. Four and a quarter on the nose. Mm-hmm. So you were pretty impressed with it. I was. It, and because it had all the familiar things that I was expecting, mm-hmm. but I feel like the popped corn, the caramel apple, those combinations gave it a twist and it brought yeah. something new to the table that I wasn't really expecting. And and I enjoyed it. And so I just kind of bumped it up a little bit. I like it. I like it. And then on the palate, uh, on the palate, it says uh, here in the notes, thick, which I didn't even think of until mm. after after I rated it, but thick and sweetly spicy uh, with butterscotch and cinnamon. I think the cinnamon, my brain figured that to be toasted spices because I, I think we had, mm-hmm. we'd said that. And um, my assessment on it was uh, warm toasted spice or warm spice, uh, light oak flavor. It didn't say anything about oak uh, in the in the uh, on your, on the notes here. Uh, with a with a creamy sweet from what we dis- uh, what we talked was the the butterscotch. Mm-hmm. We would mm-hmm. describe butterscotch as as a creamy sweet. The toffee would be uh, like a, a a deeper sweet. Yep. Caramel would be uh, in your face kind of sweet mm-hmm. with maybe a hint of vanilla. But we didn't get those. But we did get butterscotch, which was a, a creamy sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But thick. It was definitely thick because uh, that's the, the best way I think to describe it. Because when we put it on the palate, when we tasted it, switched it around in the mouth for a second, there was so much going on. It was a thick experience as far mm-hmm. as the, the taste goes. So I definitely agree with that. And it was sweet. And yep. it was spicy. Yep. Um, not like jalapeno spicy, not ha- uh, habanero or serrano pepper spicy. Spicy! But it was, it was good. It was a good spice, I think. So that's... That's why I gave it the the four and a half because it was, it was it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Would it wasn't perfect? I don't know what perfect would be. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm reserved from, from whatever calling it a five. But four and a half definitely, easy four and a half. Yeah. How about you? So I gave it another four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Hmm. How'd you get there? Uh, I re- I arrived on the four and a quarter for a lot of the same reasons that that you already mentioned. For me, uh, like I described earlier, the butterscotch transformation really is the the caramel and the toffees on the nose kind of transforming into that creamy butterscotch. Uh, I always think of butterscotch as just a very smooth, creamy. And I hadn't noticed the thick on there before, but I think that's really interesting I, to me that it hints at maybe a lingering quality. Mm-hmm. Um, because if if you're eating a thick toffee or or even butterscotch, mm-hmm. you have to take your time, and it's you're gonna have to work at you it. Gotta a little bit. You got to chew through it. You got to chew through it. But there's also a savoriness that comes with that too, because mm-hmm. that extra time is rewarded by that experience kind of extending out farther. So the hunter proof on it gives it gives a little bit of spice on yeah. the palate. I don't know if that's pumpkin spice, but there's right. de- but it's definitely some kind of a spice there. But again, it's for a hunter proof, there's really no burn 
at all with it. And so it's quite quite enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it very thoroughly. I definitely did too. And uh, for the finish, the notes say medium length with notes of vanilla creme brulee. Creme mm-hmm. brulee. I can just... I don't think I've ever had creme brulee, but I've seen it a lot with the mm-hmm. caramelized, uh, with the torch custard. on the top yep. and the custard. Like it's got lots of vanilla in it. Um, the Stephen Reichland, I think I I took video of it on TV. It was playing on PBS. It was a smoked old fashioned or something. It would smoke some kind of cocktail, and we had been talking about doing smoked cocktails mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. anyway. So when this episode came on, I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I need to turn off all these lights and get my cell phone and point it right at the TV. <laughs> it's about as lo-fi as you can get, I guess. But it's totally pirating. I put it up on YouTube and I sent it to you mm-hmm. so you could see what I was talking about. And if they flag it and take it down, that's fine. I gave him all the Stephen Reichlin. I gave him all the uh, all the credit for it. Just a he's a barbecuer, uh, chef, cook, whatever. Uh, he's got his own cooking show on PBS, but he made creme brulee. On a on an episode I watched uh, maybe two three days ago, and he put it on the smoker and it looked fantastic. And then he sprinkled the sugar on there. Then he hit it with the torch. I'm like, man, that looks so fucking mm-hmm. good. And then he had to stab through it to get to the <laughs> custard. And he's like, this is so good. He didn't really give a lot of description on it, whatever. But I bet your demerara, demerara, whatever demerara sugar, yep. would be stupid good, whatever. This is not a cooking show podcast. <laughs> we talk about a lot of different shit. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so the creme brulee, the vanilla creme brulee uh, finish on this, in my in my palate, my my taste buds did not disagree with this uh, finish. Uh, written assessment here, mine said long, warm finish with sweet, creamy, uh, developed sweetness, and that's. I mean, I pretty much agree with everything it said. Uh, for me, is probably a lingering sweetness with uh, it still had some complexity to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with the uh, with the with the spices from the from the from the palate at a hundred proof. Like I don't know that I've ever given a perfect score on a hundred mm-hmm. proof ever anything, but on this one here, I gave it a full five. All right. Where did where did you sit with it? I landed on just a four. Just a four. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. I, I love the finish on this. The medium length, I thought it was more of a of a medium long length. Medium long for sure. Uh, to it, the the vanilla definitely comes through. And seeing creme brulee in print, power suggestion. Mm-hmm. I I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, I just I I loved everything about it, and but just gave it a four. So what did that bring your total to? That brought my total to eight and a half. Eight and a half. My total is right at eight and three quarter. We're we're sneaking up on each other. We're we're getting yeah. We're, we're getting, we're getting right this there. Some bitch dialed in. <laughs> I like it. So we've talked an awful lot about this uh, Colonel E. H. Taylor small batch bottled in bond mm-hmm. straight bourbon whiskey. Do you have uh, any closing thoughts on this? I want to come back and revisit this later mm-hmm. on and turn this into a cocktail. Yeah. At this point, I I, I want to think on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want it to be the right cocktail. Yeah. But I, I just, I, I've got a really good feeling that this is a quality cocktail ingredient. Yeah. It, it's not so busy with uh, floral mm-hmm. notes. And, um, you know, like it says in print here, pumpkin spice notes, no. that it would be 
so busy that it would get lost in a cocktail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's a little more simple, but it's very direct. And I think you're right. Uh, finding the right cocktail is essential to making this this particular uh, straight bourbon whiskey shine. But I don't think you'd have to search very far. No. I, I don't think it would work that great in a Manhattan, um, but it might. Um, but I think... Um, I mean, old-fashioned old is, is a given. Yeah. But I think I think there's there's something else out there that that this will shine fantastic maybe you drop, in. It's not a Kansas City bourbon, right? So maybe the horse feather wouldn't be right, you yep. know, air quote right per se. But I bet it would be great in a horse feather or, yep. or in what is a horse feather like the cousin of a mule? Kind of, yeah. A lot of the mules. Putting this particular Kentucky mule. Yeah, putting this in a mule, calling it a mule, like degrades it to me. So I I don't know if this would right. be the best for that. <laughs> so yeah, you you got some some work cut out for yep. thinking up exactly what this would be good for, and but uh, even more what this would be great for. Absolutely. So on that note, dear listener, finding a cocktail to fit this, we don't know yet. Uh, there's got to be a little bit of uh, research done. If you got uh, one, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Send it to uh, uh, info at savertheburn.com. Send it directly to the Mixmaster Maestro of, <laughs> uh, of all things cocktail, W2 at savertheburn.com. And uh, if if you want to, you can send it to me, but I'm probably going to forward it to him. <laughs> but uh, send it to me, Jonathan, at savertheburn.com. But uh, definitely keep checking uh, our the, the website, savertheburn.com, uh, for the, uh, the liquor cabinet. And we'll have all our... Uh, our reviews and assessments on online uh, for you to check out and um, you can check out um, uh, the recipe the cocktail recipes check out the uh, <laughs> the store uh, the store window will uh, bring up some different affiliate links and uh, on those affiliate links you'll see one of them is a, a bar kit with a shaker and um, a jigger strainer uh, all the little bar tool uh, essentials that you would need. Uh, we're going to do a, a giveaway on those for our uh, YouTube s- subscribers. So definitely hop over to YouTube, uh, Savor the Burn, and uh, uh, click subscribe, and we'll be giving one of those away here. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get it all figured out, and you'll have all the needed details fairly soon, I would say. Uh, definitely uh, check us out on YouTube. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Once again, thank you for listening to us on, our, on your uh, uh, podcast app of choice. Uh, be sure to subscribe and follow anywhere and everywhere you can. Thank you for listening uh, to the Savor the Burn podcast. Once again, I'm Jonathan. Across the table for me is the, what did I call you this interesting. time? The interesting? <laughs> the always interesting, Mr. W2. <laughs> and uh, no matter who you are, what you're doing, what you're uh, drinking, uh, and who you're with, always remember, keep on burning. burning.